What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative, and I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I am sitting here reflecting on just this amazing weekend we have here in the city of Indianapolis, the city that I love. We have the greatest spectacle in sports racing coming on. Um, it will have uh, the dust will have settled by the time this episode goes live. But man, there's just so much energy in the city right now. It makes me want to jump through the freaking ceiling of Stacking Slabs HQ number two. We are getting adjusted. We are getting acclimated. Um, spirits are high right now. I'm recording this earlier than normal. We have race festivities going on and we're hosting. I am getting closer to 40. Um, we've got that whole birthday thing going on over here. My request really was, I just want a couple things. The two things that I want are to be able to watch Clash of Champions this weekend in solitude and check that box and then double or nothing with a couple buddies on Sunday night. And we're going to get that done. The results will have already happened. I don't know the results yet, but any weekend that I can enjoy a couple wrestling pay-per-views and also is the 500 and also have Monday off the grind, I am going to um, celebrate. So I am feeling very good right now. Thousand days for my tribal chief, Roman Reigns, is the WWE Undisputed Champion. Yes, things uh, might got have gotten a little controversial for the bloodline um, at Clash of Champions, but he still has the two straps, and that's, I think, all that matters. At the end of the day, I had fun on Saturday showing off some of my Roman PC, my favorite cards via the Instagram stories. I'd been waiting for the 1,000-day mark, and then when I saw it um, hit and I saw the picture WWE put out, I was like, you know what, a fun way to commemorate this would be to uh, share some photos of some of my favorite Roman cards. And I got some great comments back. So appreciate all of you. And as I'm sitting here and reflecting, I have just been thinking about collecting and just what makes up some of the greatest collectors that we have in our hobby. And I think at the end of the day, it is someone who is so focused on creating happiness and expressing themselves through their collection that nothing else matters. And when I say nothing else matters, I mean no one cares about the fact that they might not have the cards that are on the front page of the hobby news. And that's where I find the, the most satisfying collecting goes, where you feel like you're isolated in your own little bubble and you're not trying to impress anybody else but yourself. It is about the cards that make you feel something, hit that feel spot, and when you get those mail days, you say, you know what, I've been waiting for this piece to connect into my collection. It is a player PC that I've been looking to grow, and so often I see these people on the social web, and their face is seen, and they want to show themselves, because I think it might be more about themselves than it is the cards. And they're showing off this card that is prestigious amongst the mainstream of the hobby. And I'm saying to myself, you know what? Like, that's great, but I don't care because that card gets recycled every other week on some weekly auction somewhere. And so what is that Shania Twain song that don't impress me much? 
so, or something like that. That's they. We need to cue the Shania Twain when people are showing out the mainstream grails and telling you to telling you that you know you should recognize. You know what? I don't want to recognize. I want to recognize the individuals who actually have a story to tell because that peace is actually sentimental to them and they're not trying to just show off and get clicks and get likes and fill a void that they have deep down inside that they're trying to earn credibility through the sports card community. So if you are a collector that is building out collections for you and you're listening to the Stacking Slabs podcast, I salute you and I want you to post your damn cards and I want you to tell your stories and I want you to feel good about it because there are people all over the place that are dying for more card content. I am so sick of the the same gimmicks and the same content. I want more and more cards. You can even, you can, I've been doing this. It's okay to do the real thing. Show me the card, like make it dance. Show me, educate me. The more we can educate other collectors around sets that aren't so popularized and give some substance on the look and feel and all of the above, like that's what I'm looking for. That's what I think our hobby is all about. And so the more that we can um, put together, I think it'll make for a greater hobby experience for me. And it's selfishly, if it's just for me, then I'm sorry about that. But I think at the end of the day, it will be the same way for many of you, especially you, the loyal listeners of the Stacking Slabs podcast. We had the PWCC of it all, right? We've got Fanatics coming in, swooping up hobby businesses, um, Fanatics collectibles, excuse me. Um, they're executing a pretty aggressive M&A strategy. Um, we, had, we saw the Tops acquisition. There's a bunch of other things underway, and we are just getting started. I think uh, there was an encouraging note that we saw on the other side of the acquisition or the acquisition news from the PWCC handle that said shipping time is improved starting immediately as part of the PWCC joining the Fanatics family will be targeting times of less than five days going forward. Thank you for your patience. Um, encouraging. Um, we will see. I'm never a, doubt, a doubter. I like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. We will see if these um, promises get satisfied. We've seen, not from Fanatics, but from other hobby business, these sorts of statements that are unsatisfied and go unfulfilled. But again, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I think my perspective is great business operators can transcend the industry. And so when we have, even what I mean by that, if we have great business operators who are have some semblance of product knowledge um, when it comes to the hobby, then um, I think that can overcome a lot of different things. And so one example that I often look at is just, you know, the PSA of it all. Nat coming in was a tough time. There was a lot of backlog, a lot of things happening. And you dig in there at, on collectors. You start looking at individuals that were hired in certain roles, um, you know, promotions, um, just everything that's happened, consolidation of brands. And from my perspective as a customer, um, there is a lot of good things that are happening now that might not have been happening, you know, 12 months ago. So I'm hoping uh, that for PWCC, I'm hoping that for Fanatics, 
Um, I think obviously we're just getting started. I would imagine I I'm not a much of a gambler. I do place bets that I oftentimes lose, but I would imagine we'll see um, some sort of grading entity getting swept up underneath the fanatics and umbrella. I'm not going to speculate, pontificate, or act like I know anything that's actually happening. I'm just saying, I'm just looking at the situation and just looking at how businesses like a fanatics run, trying to make sure they're um, sat, uh, obtaining major hobby solutions so that they can service um, collectors from start to finish. So grading obviously is a big piece of that. I would imagine we'll see grading come under the fold maybe soon, maybe not. That's my speculation there. I think there's a lot of collectors out there that, you know, look at fanatics coming in and they're saying, you know, there's, we don't need a monopoly. We don't need one business, you know, taking over and doing everything. And my perspective on it all is, you know, great corporations should be able to service us from all angles. And we shouldn't even really realize um, where it's happening. But the fact that they acquire businesses that satisfy certain uh, needs of ours and that we don't have to go hunting, scratching, clawing, um, experiment, experience is prioritized. I think that is the type of thing that I think about when I think of how fanatics might roll out. So again, benefit of the doubt, I'm a software guy. I've worked at many different types of companies, big and small. I've uh, been a part of many different, I've been a part of acqu different acquisitions um, and just thinking about how bigger, broader software companies operate. That's the experience that I have. And so I'm looking at a company like Collectors and hoping that, or a company like Fanatics and hoping that whatever they do at the end of the day, they're trying to make money. This is a for-profit industry and business, but hopefully they're considering the motivations and desires of us, the collectors in the community, because without us, there is no chance of profitability from any angle, from any business side. People who come in and out, who are looking for a quick buck here or there, or hopping trends, those aren't the people that are keeping the hobby stable. The people that are keeping the hobby stable are the listeners of this show, the individuals that are providing for your family. Um, you're taking in your income to pay your bills, pay your mortgage, pay your cars, send your kids to school, but you have disposable income and you're not taking that disposable income and, you know, buying a bunch of, uh, you know, high-end fashion uh, clothes because you don't really care about that. You're not going and, you know, s spending it, um, you know, on cryptocurrency because you don't give a shit about that. Maybe you are. Don't mean to offend you, but I'm just saying. Uh, but what you're doing is you're taking your, the rest of that money that you have and you're buying sports cards because you freaking love them and you don't know any better. Those are the individuals that are keeping this hobby moving through thick and thin. So my hope, ex expectation, and desire is that any decision maker that is on the other side pulling the strings, uh, acquiring businesses, uh, situating people in board meetings are understanding the profile of us, of us, and why we do this and why we spend our money. Because if you're not going to understand people like us, there's no freaking chance that you will be successful. So do your breaks, do your YouTube videos, get the products sold, but don't forget about us. Don't you forget about me. No, no, no.
don't you forget about me. Because we as collectors, we're cracking skulls over here. And we're loving life. And we're collecting cards, baby. I want to thank my man, Khalil. Great conversation. I love to unlock new characters here on the Stacking Slabs podcast. Got a lot of really good feedback from him, or excuse me, about him in the episode. Um, What I liked about it, what I thought was cool is the fact that we sat here and we were just building awareness around sets that aren't part of the mainstream hobby. And there's so many cool products in and outside of the Panini era that can be explored. He dug in, talked about the aficionado set one year. I had no idea the set existed. But when I saw the cards, when I understood the story, starting to look at stuff like that. I think content that educates and brings awareness to these sets is a net positive for everybody. Um, So much of what we see is same peep cards, same players, um, hot right now. We're at a card show. We're talking about these cards and we're trading these cards and it's just the same products. And I think that's boring. Um, What I don't think is boring is understanding what got overlooked over the years what people connect to because of the look and feel. And if you listen back to that episode, or if you haven't listened, make sure you go check it out. I think one of the coolest things of this is just how much Khalil focused on talking about aesthetics, talking about the look, talking about why he thought the certain, why he, why certain cards clicked with him. And I think the appearance, the look, the feel, the way they make you feel is everything. And that's this group of people that are listening to this show, that are in this community, that are on Instagram, that are talking about cards. Like We care about that stuff. We care about that because that is an opportunity we have during our escape to express ourselves. When we are in between meetings, when we get home from work, when we put the kids down, when we open up our case and we start looking at our cards, they got to make us feel the warm fuzzies. We're not spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on cards if they don't make us feel something. So that feel was discussed and described in full detail by Khalil. And I appreciated that. And I hope you appreciated that too. And we're going to try to continue to bring more conversations to you on the Stacking Slabs podcast, just like that, because it's about the collector. We make the world go round, and that's just how it is. I want to shout out my man who will be on the podcast returning for the second time. A character was unlocked before, but he's making his follow-up appearance, and there's a good reason he's making up his follow-up appearance. So I got my man, Ryan, at MindCycle Cards. Guys, a nuggets collector. Come on, we got to get some nuggets representation. Shout out to everyone in the mile high city right now who is fired up about the Denver Nuggets. Um, even if you don't live in Denver, but you're a longtime Nuggets fan, you always like to see teams make the playoffs for the first time. And I have had a blast. We're going to talk about the Nuggets. I'm sure we're going to talk about his cards. But most importantly, you remember, did you see um, Ryan get? kind of try, try to get bullied by the uh, blowout forums, you know, suspended or whatever viol- for violations of posting links to his stuff because he's just trying to have a conversation about, um, you know, investments and if they're going well or not. Well, when I see stories of this, of collectors overcoming all odds and doing whatever they can to um, do what's right, and activate their voice in the right way. I'm about it. 
I like Ryan. I like his mission. I like his collection. And I love his passion. So instead of just getting suspended or on blowout and sitting back and just letting the man take over, he said, not on my freaking watch. And you know what he's doing? He's leveraging his professional skills to launch a new freaking platform. So Ryan is launching the hobby boards. It's going to be an alternative to the conversations that are happening on the blowout forum. And I'm going to have him on this Friday to promote the shit out of it and talk about it. And we're going to talk about why we all should be a part of that. We are. We should be a part of places where we can communicate and talk like people without restrictions. We're not trying to offend anybody. We're not trying to, it's, we're trying to share our passion, but damn it, we're in a place right now where we should be able to communicate and we shouldn't have a, a muzzle on. So Ryan's going to come on. We're going to talk about that and it's going to be freaking awesome. I want to talk about a little wrestling card sale and just let me just stop everybody. Let's just stop. So all of a sudden we had a John Cena, we had a John Cena 2022 Prism Black one of one sell for 17K, which is a phenomenal sale in the modern wrestling card community. As a matter of fact, it is the second highest public sale of all time, okay? Second to The Rock at 126K. And just because there was such a discrepancy between the two of those, we've got to sound the alarm bells and say, what's going on? The sky is falling. And most of that conversation and those perspectives are coming from people who have absolutely zero idea what they're talking about. They have zero involvement in wrestling cards, but they just see an opportunity to just diarrhea from the mouth and sound like a bunch of idiots. So we're going to set the record straight here because I love wrestling. I love wrestling cards. And I'm so freaking tired of seeing just nonsense just spewed out of people's mouths just because they're looking for attention. So let's start here. Like I mentioned, the Cena sale was the second highest public sale of a modern wrestling card behind the rock of all time. Individuals who don't know anything about wrestling cards going on their megaphones and spitting nonsense is stupid. We don't need stupid idiots around here. Do your homework. It's not that hard. Just go to Card Ladder, go to whatever platform you're paying, and do your homework. Everyone wants prices to be so straightforward, but it's not. And what I continue to see, and it drives me crazy, is that just because there's a hangover from the base card, um, prices go up. And they go down, and this is how we do it. You cannot analyze one of one cards in the same format that you are analyzing the trends that are happening on base cards. There's so many different dynamics in place, and you've got to set some freaking context. If you do that, you're doing the whole hobby a disservice, and I'm so fucking tired of it. Okay, I'm tired of it. So one of one sales are unique. Analyzing the buying pool and the behavior isn't as cookie cutter as we all like to think. These are auction styles. These aren't buy it now. There were not enough. Pe- there were enough people competing head to head to make the rock card be 126k. Uh, and there's on the same for Cena. There was enough people there to make the card sell for 17k. Rising tide lifts all boats. I believe in that, but I don't think it happens just like that. I want to say it doesn't happen instantaneously and everyone wants everything to be so transactional because this card sold for X, this card needs to sell for Y, and this is how it needs to happen right now. I'm tired of it. Let's just, let's just enjoy cards. I want to sit there and celebrate the Cena. Second highest 
public sale on record of all time and we're sitting here chastising it? It's bullshit. Collecting, man. <laughs> I'm on one today. Maybe I should record it this time. Uh, I just had some wings from Fat Dan's. If you're in Indianapolis, go check out the wings at Fat Dan's. They're damn good. I, I just think you, we got to be smarter. We got to look at the diversity in the hobby. There are a group of collectors who would rather have cards than have the money. There are a group of people in the hobby who'd rather use cards as vehicles to get cash. The delineation is what makes the hobby work. Understanding the motivations and desires of the hobby participants has helped me enjoy navigating the hobby that much more. I'm less upset, even though I might sound it a little bit, I'm less upset when I see things on IG because I try to understand the role of the participant along the way. Understanding why people are here and what they're doing is half the battle. Understanding who you are buying from or who you are selling to can help you get deals done in a more efficient manner. The easiest thing to do is to make transactions feel less transactional, okay? So, excuse me, I said that wrong. I I meant the easiest thing that we can do is make transactions feel transactional. Make a few bucks here, put one over on someone else here. Transactional operating is the role that marketplaces help serve, okay? You buy, you pay, you move on. Now, good sellers, good sellers create clients. Collectors want to sell to other collectors. So again, let me repeat this. Good sellers create clients and collectors want to sell to other collectors. So the best sellers, the best dealers I've ever worked with in the hobby, do a lot more listening than talking. They're listening because they're doing discovery on me as a person. What players, what cards, and it's not, it is just looking at my Instagram picture or account and seeing what cards I like, but it's more, it's digging deeper. It's understanding where there are opportunities when they're out at a show and they might see a card that I might like and they can pick up and make a few bucks off me. They're not just trying to make a few bucks off me, but they're trying to build some relationship because they build and establish that relationship, they're going to make even more. It's about excellent service. Find the cards that are on your client's top 10 list. We will always be the all-time high. I can tell you right now, there's 10 cards right now. You go out and you find those for me, I'm paying higher than anyone in the history of the world for those cards. If you're the seller on the other end of that, you're going to make a buck off of me, but you're also going to satisfy me because you're getting a card that I'm dying for. You'll get your margins. Rinse and repeat. Do it over and over again. The best sellers in the hobby treat the people that they're doing deals with like clients. Buyers are looking for someone to trust. They are looking for people who can help save them time, someone who can help find cards for them, someone who can help be those eyes and ears where they're at shows and that buyer is not. We want to give our money to people who are doing the work. We want to create relationships that are long lasting. As much as I spend in this hobby financially and my energy, time and resources, the one thing that I keep going back to is The more fun I have and the more satisfied I get from this experience, this all happens more and more when I look at the big picture and look long term. Love this hobby. Love every minute of it. Appreciate everyone who's spending time out of your day to listen to the Stacking Slabs podcast. I appreciate you. We'll be back with Ryan on Friday. Talk to you soon.